This is the Children's Hospital of Alabama podcast on COVID-19 dated April 14th, 2020. Welcome to Inside Pediatrics, a podcast brought to you by Children's Hospital of Alabama in Birmingham. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're discussing coping with COVID-19 at home. Joining me is Dr. Nina Reynolds. She's a pediatric psychologist with Children's of Alabama and an adjunct assistant professor at UAB. Dr. Reynolds, it's a pleasure to have you join us at these unprecedented times. Tell us a little bit about what we're experiencing right now as far as acute stress, and is this normal? Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yes, absolutely. I think what we're all experiencing is acute stress. You know, there's the distinction here. Uh, Acute stress tends to be a novel, you know, new stress related to um, a particular circumstance as compared to, for example, chronic stress, which tends to be stress related to, you know, a repeated event. Um, We are uh, experiencing something, as you mentioned, absolutely unprecedented in most of our lifetime. Um, And so with that in mind, uh, we're all stressed. And I think it is important um, to understand that being a little anxious right now and um, feeling stressed is normal. Most of us are feeling it. So since we're talking about COVID-19 and how we can help our children, let's start with how how should we talk to them and answer questions? And how do we compartmentalize our children's fears and help them to separate reality from what's actually occurring? It's all about the communication. How do we start? That's a wonderful question. Um, I think first and foremost, it is important to be uh, open and honest with our children. Uh, children's imaginations sometimes are far worse than uh, the actual information. So it is important uh, to be direct with them. Having said that, you very much have to think about their level of development. You know, younger children uh, in particular do not need uh, extra explanation uh, or a lot of different details. Um, It's important to keep things simple and direct with them. You know, our older children, our adolescents, particularly those that have access to or more access, for example, to media, um, may need more details, but they're again, um, you know, keeping it simple and not overwhelming them with um, emotionality about it um, can be very helpful. Well, it certainly can. So the stress that we're feeling, and it's a pervasive worldwide stress right now, Dr. Reynolds, Can you put this into perspective for us and help manage our expectations for quarantine and so thereby helping our children deal with the stress of this quarantine? They're not used to that. They're crazy not being in school. They want to hang out with their friends. They're not understanding the need for social distancing. Help us with this stress we're feeling so that we can help our kids. Um, Both as a psychologist and a mom, um, I understand this well. Uh, Again, these are just unprecedented, unusual times. And certainly there are some very good guidelines out there um, with respect to how to manage stress during this time, you know, uh, related to, for example, doing our very best to keep ourselves and our children on some semblance of a routine um, or a daily schedule Uh, But I think it's very important to also say that 
Because these are unprecedented and unusual times, we need very much to be flexible and patient with ourselves as caregivers, um, and also very patient with our children. So uh, guidelines, for example, you know, may recommend, you know, having this beautiful daily routine and include, you know, virtual schooling and physical activity, all things I certainly would recommend, uh, but I think it's important to also say to caregivers during this time, you know, show yourself leniency um, every day does not need to follow, you know, a perfectly structured um, daily schedule. Uh, uh, and every day may look a little different, um, but I think you do the very best you can, um, you know, given the information you have and the, the set of circumstances. Well, I'd like to expand on that for a minute because our kids are tending to want to sit there on TikTok and Instagram all day long. And I know the American Academy of Pediatrics has a limit on screen time, but is that something that for now we can set aside for just a little bit and give, as you said, a little more leeway in some of those things because we want to keep our kids from fighting with each other or fighting with us or vice versa. I mean, it can all kind of build up in this in this feeling of anxiety. In my humble opinion, I think that uh, we should show, again, ourselves and our children some leniency with respect to screen time guidelines. You know, I think there are ways to um, allow more time than perhaps some parents or uh, families are used to. Uh, for example, uh, in order to for many of us who are working from home, in order to do some of that work, uh, we may need our children um, you know, to have more screen time than they're used to, or quite frankly, just due to virtual school, that in and of itself is some screen time. But again, I think that there are still ways to you know, set parental controls, um, you know, set timers to maybe break up screen time, even if it is some total more than it typically is. Um, but you know, to answer your question, in, in my opinion, um, I think it is important to show ourselves and our children some leniency with respect to uh, screen time uh, during this time, because I think it's also important to remember that uh, this will not be forever, and we will reset and get uh, back some of the control that we may not feel like we have currently um, in terms of some of the household rules and and you know, screen time being an example. Uh, but for now, I think, um, again, we do the very best we can under these, these circumstances. Well, then along those lines, and thank you for that answer, I'm sure parents really appreciate hearing from you that it's okay sometimes to just be a little more lenient. Now, one of the things that I'm noticing with my own children is because the schedule is so thrown, because school is online, their sleep patterns have changed. And while sleep and lack of sleep can contribute to stress and our reactions to stress, our stress can also contribute to lack of sleep. How can we manage that? Because I think the kids think they're on permanent vacation right now. <laughs> yeah, ab absolutely. You know, circling back to what we discussed earlier in terms of trying to stick to some daily schedule, you know, what happens in between uh, may vary day to day, but I do recommend that parents try to keep their children on a consistent wake and sleep time. You know, again, it is challenging during this time when we don't have, um, 
you know, the physical presence of going to and from school. But I do think that children and parents alike really benefit from having that uh, as set in stone as possible. Because we also know that, you know, disrupted sleep tends to occur when we get off of our sleep schedules. Um, You know, it may be that Parents need to build in um, some relaxation for their children uh, prior to bedtime, uh, knowing that some of our children may be dealing with a little bit of underlying anxiety that they're not used to in light of uh, these current circumstances, or quite frankly, feeding off of a little bit of anxiety that we all feel right now uh, during this time. Uh, so building in some different you know, strategies, relaxation prior to bedtime can also help promote better sleep uh, during this time. So important, and what a great point, Dr. Reynolds. So if our children are starting to have an attack, if they're really scared and they're really concerned, can you as a psychologist tell us how to halt if they're having a panic attack or if we are, and what are some home and self-care things that we can do to help manage our anxiety and stave off any kinds of those attacks that might be starting to creep up? You know, again, I I do want to normalize that having some anxiety or stress during this time is not abnormal. So, you know, you've got individuals who uh, don't have any underlying anxiety or, you know, any pre-existing, you know, mood concerns, for example, who feel anxious or feel perhaps depressed. Uh, And I do want to normalize that that, or validate that um, that's not uncommon right now. You know, having said that, you also have families who um, certainly may have children with underlying uh, anxiety disorders or mood disorders or, you know, even developmental disabilities, for example, that are really struggling, you know, during this time uh, to understand. And so it is very important, um, you know, to monitor our our children's behavior. A lot of times, particularly for younger kids, it's behavior that we're going to notice first rather than them articulating to us, mom, dad, you know, whomever, I am stressed. So I do think it's important for parents to um, be mindful that you may see some behavior that you aren't used to seeing, um, but you want to be paying attention to just how much it's interfering. And when it really begins to interfere in your day-to-day or their day-to-day, that's when I think it absolutely is time to be thinking about, um, you know, different strategies and potentially even reaching out for uh, mental health support. You know, with respect to uh, strategies, I think um, it would be helpful for all of us to build into our day, if at all possible, um, a few moments of quiet time. You know, turning off the news um, to the extent you're able, unplugging from time to time, and allowing for some quiet, you know, mindfulness or relaxation. Um, Our children will benefit from that as well. I think if you as a caregiver notice that your stress is very high and it's interfering with your ability to parent, please remember, as hard as it can be, and it's certainly easier said than done, you can take a time out yourself. You know, you can step into a different room and, you know, take a quiet time. Um, It is okay momentarily to press the pause button. Um, And I think, you know, monitoring ourselves for that will will be very important. I also think, yes, we have been asked to physically distance ourselves from one another, but that really doesn't mean social distancing. 
uh, in terms of our access to technology. You know, calling people, texting people, um, when you feel that you need some extra support is important and it's the right thing to do. It's not a sign of weakness. Um, we're all in it together and very much uh, could benefit from, from each other's uh, support during this. And the same is true for our children. You know, understanding that our teenagers, for example, may need some uh, feedback from their friends more than they need it from, from us uh, at the time. So I do think, um, you know, using some of those kind of strategies, um, you know, if you uh, are a family that, um, you know, exercises uh, and are able to continue to do that, I think that that too helps break up the day and helps reset the mind a little bit um, in a way that can be very helpful in terms of stress management. Um, but again, you know, if it does ever get to a point where it really feels like it's interfering, your child's um, acting out or withdrawn, um, having difficulty completing work, uh, seems to be struggling, then I would, you know, make the recommendation that um, you reach out to a mental health professional. Well, I couldn't agree more. And as an exercise physiologist, I think the exercise advice is just really spot on. Before we wrap up, Dr. Reynolds, you mentioned reaching out to a mental health professionalist. Is telehealth an option as a way to reach out to a mental health professional at Children's of Alabama? Yes, absolutely. Um, I assume uh, at this podcast we can um, provide some resources uh, linked to the podcast, uh, but Children's Behavioral Health uh, is a practice group um, at part of Children's of Alabama, uh, and they we are currently providing uh, telehealth. Um, most pediatricians um, are familiar with local mental health providers as well, and for the most part, it's my understanding uh, that many practice groups have moved to uh, telemedicine as well. I would also like to make sure that listeners understand that Children's of Alabama offers services to help parents and other caregivers triage whether their child may need mental health services or even crisis services. We have a call center. It's called the PERC, Psychiatric Intake Response Center, and it can be accessed at 205-638-7472. That's 638-PERC. It's so important. Do you have any final thoughts for us about parents who are quarantined with their kids and the stress that we're all feeling and since so much is unknown? How can we deal with what we don't know and help our children as well so that we can all really manage this anxiety very well? Give us your best advice, doctor. My best advice uh, is the advice I have been giving myself, which is one moment at a time. It's all new. We're doing the very best we can, given the circumstances. You know, follow the guidelines where you can, but please do not add to your stress when the day does not go as you had planned or you notice that you have... Um, felt more anxious. Anxiety right now is typical up to a point, and I think we need to be um, show ourselves and our children uh, grace and patience uh, during this time. Um, and so again, my, my main message would be uh, we're in this together, um, hang in there, and um, continue to be as flexible as you can. 
What a great sentiment, Doctor. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your expertise at this time that so many people need to hear your message. Thank you again. And thanks for listening to Inside Pediatrics, brought to you by Children's Hospital of Alabama in Birmingham. For information about COVID-19, including symptoms and prevention, please visit childrensal.org slash coronavirus. And of course, more podcasts like this one can be found at childrensal.org slash podcast. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening to Inside Pediatrics. More podcasts like this one can be found at childrensal.org forward slash inside pediatrics.